Hello, everyone. Hello, Sarah Nation. Welcome to Mastery Money Matters. My name is Sarah Shavira, and I am the creator and founder of the Financially Fit Women and the Financially Fit Network. And today, I am going to be talking about something that is very dear to my heart. I'm going to be talking about women and wealth. And uh, I think this is a very important topic, and I'm going to be expanding a lot more on why this is so important, why we need to be talking about this, and some possible solutions on how we can make more money as women, how we can take charge of our money as women, how we can eliminate the fears, the distractions, and the limiting belief that are not allowing us to take care of our finances and our future. So it is going to be a great episode. Make sure to stay tuned in. And for those guys that are out there and you say, well, you know, I'm a guy, I'm not a woman. I'm sure that some of the nuggets that you were here will be able to help you to probably have a better perspective of the things that women are going through. You might be able to understand them better. So if you're married, or have a girlfriend, or have a mom, or have a daughter, then this chapter will also benefit you as well because you will be able to have a bigger understanding and more clarification on the things that women are encountering these days when it comes to money and when it comes to mastering money matters. So again, uh, this is going to be a great episode. Make sure to stay tuned in and let's get started. Okay, so the first thing that I'm going to do is obviously give you a little bit of a background of what I do. Um, Basically, what I do is I help women, couples, and entrepreneurs to become financially fit by teaching them about money. I also help women to find their identity and raise their identity, reinvent themselves, eliminate their limiting beliefs when it comes to finances and money improve the relationship with money so they can also have an abundant life or abundant life and uh, and then take charge of their future and being able to live their life in their own terms. I, I want to make sure that you understand you. my goal this year is to help thousands, thousands of women and some men too, obviously to become the best person they can be in all areas of their life. And, uh, but especially in the area of money matters. And it is my vision and my uh, my mission to train women, to help them to become financially savvy instead of financially flabby, and to take control of the money on their finances. But why is that? Well, the reason is this. I'm going to be showing you uh, some statistics of where the problem is lying these days when it comes to women and money. And the first one is this. Uh, Most women, they don't know how to manage their money. You know, it's, it's, it's simple, right? They, unfortunately, they don't know what they're doing with their money. They don't even want to talk about money. Uh, they can talk about sex, you know, like they have no problem. Well, actually, I'm including myself there <laughs> in that, you know, like uh, the normally women has no problem talking about sex with their girlfriends, about who they're dating, how is it going. And, you know, sometimes we share the most intimate the intimate details about that. But when it comes to money and managing money and what are we doing in order to improve our finances, then that is taboo. We actually uh, start, um, 
you know, like feel uncomfortable or we get triggered when it comes to this subject. And uh, I'm actually trying to, um, you know, in a very unconventional and in, in a very revo- revolutionary way, I'm trying to drop down those uh, guards uh, and, you know, those blocks and those walls when it comes to money. The other one is this, women live longer than men. And this is a fact that women live longer. Now these days, we're not only living like longer, right, as human beings than any, you know, like our previous generation, but on top of that, women are actually living longer than men. And on average, we are living about 15 years longer than men. What does that tell us or what that even means? Well, what that means is that uh, we actually get disabled and and men die. So men will die faster, right? They probably will get disabled too, but men will die faster. And then women, we will live longer, which means that we will need more health care. We will need more medications. We will need more... um, attention, long-term care, we will need we will need more disability income. There will be other things that uh, that men might not need as much as women. The other thing is um, nearly 90% of women will end up managing their finances alone. And why is that? Because statistically right now, Among women older than 65 years old, about 60% of them are divorced, widow, or never married. So that means that at some point, we are going to be managing our finances alone. But the interesting thing is that a lot of times if we're married, a lot of times we don't even know what's going on with the finances in the household. I know that these days a lot of women are taking a more active approach when it comes to the finances. And probably they are the main ones that are taking care of their finances, right? So, but in general, um, men are the ones that not only are the breadwinner, but they are the ones that are taking care of their finances. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of times the the husband are not sharing with their wife or with their partner what's going on with their finances, what's going on in the household and the finances. And sorry about that if you guys are hearing like some noise, but my cat decided that she wanted to play right now with her toys. So you might hear a a few uh, noises in the background. So my apologies about that. But um, the other thing is about 75% of women that are widow are are around 56 years old. And one in four of these women are broke within two months of being widow. So basically, the, the husband were the main breadwinner or the husband like they had an active company or an active job. But then once the husband is not there because they were not prepared for a situation like that, they ended up within two months of being widow and all the expenses and paying off debt and uh, trying to um, pay their home or any other finances or even the funeral, right? They end up 
broke. And this is an alarming uh, number. You know, one in four is super alarming. So these are things that as women, you know, we are encountering and we need to be aware of that this is happening. Also, less than half of working women has any retirement plan. So let's say that 77% of the people that actually have a job, right, that have a career and a job in the United States, they have a, a, probably a 401k plan. But among women, because not all of them are in the workforce, and also they are they have no much knowledge about retirement and about finances, they don't have any type of retirement plan. And this is very alarming as well. It's very, uh, you know, concerning uh, to me because uh, we want to make sure that we're not only working for our money, but we want money to work for us because at some point I'm pretty sure that we want to be able to choose when we want to work and when we don't want to work any longer. Most women in the U.S. get paid 20% less than men. And uh, this is when it comes to the gender gap. Uh, a lot of men don't e don't are not even aware that this is still happening. So basically, a lifetime of earnings uh, than uh, is less than men. So um, that is unfortunately very sad because um, we tend to be a little bit more uh, secure when it, when we make investments or when we choose to make some sort of savings and investment. But then on top of that, we actually get paid less. So obviously that creates even more concerns. So let me read you directly from a, a survey uh, about the gender gap. Let me read you directly from there so you understand what's going on. It says the gender wage gap, a lifetime of earnings less than men, puts women far behind in terms of retirement readiness. They typically are less financially secure than their male counterparts and bring fewer resources to retirement. For example, retirement income for women ages 65 and older is 56% less than the median income for men in the same age group, excelling in educational but trailing in the workplace. In both the United States and Canada, women outspace men in the number of college and graduate degrees received, but they do not find proportional success in the workplace. Not only that, but caretaking responsibilities. Many women take time away from the workplace to take care of the children and the loved ones. According to one estimate, for every year a woman is out of the workforce, she has to work five extra years to recover the loss of income. So basically, yes, you know, like we we have to uh, bear in child, right? Like a lot of women, they have to give, you know, they give birth and they have to take care of that kid, you know, like at the beginning, it's a baby. And unfortunately, that actually, that missing that time from work is actually affecting their retirement and is affecting their income. When men, they, you know, they don't have to carry the baby. They don't have, they, 
it's a choice if they want to be with the baby for the first uh, few years, a few months or few years of their life. But as women, you know, like they have to, you know, in order to be able to uh, lactate or in order to be able to take care of that baby, make sure that everything is fine. So it's, and it's a lot of work and that's without, you know, uh, considering the other responsibilities inside the household that a woman could have. So this created a big uh, gender gap. And unfortunately, a lot of jobs and, um, and companies till this day, they don't consider that. And um, they don't pay for that either. So that puts a big disadvantage of women in the workplace when it comes to childbearing and uh, and when it comes to the income. But the other side is uh, it doesn't matter how many degrees a woman could have, the tendency is that they're going to pay more to a woman, at least 5%, I'm sorry, to a man, 5% more than a woman for some reason. And actually one of the reasons that I have um, noticed and that I have spoken before is the fact that a lot of women, we minimize our accomplishments. So for example, we know we are capable of uh, doing amazing, amazing things, but we think that everybody does it. You know, like the things that we do, everybody can do it, right? We basically minimize what we can do or we are able to do. And then when we apply for a job, we make, we want to make sure that we have at least 80 to 100% of the qualifications that the company is requiring. And then we think that if we have less than that, we're not going to get the job. As for men, if they have at least 50% to 60% of the qualifications for the job, they will apply for that job and then they will figure out the rest. So that's basically the difference. And women, again, they're very capable of achieving great things. And we probably have multiple degrees as well. Or even the University of Life has taught us, you know, a lot of things. But because we feel that if we don't have 100% of the qualifications to get a job, then we feel that we should not get paid the same or we should get paid lower. And we accept those terms, unfortunately, as well. So that's another thing that is obviously affecting women when it comes to their finance their financial future and their finances today so let's talk about the other statistics the other one uh, that i'm looking at is 40 percent of the household with children under 18 includes women as the sole and primary household income so that means that a lot of women in the U.S. are the primary household income in the, in the family, and they have one or multiple children in the house that they have to take care of. A woman has a more limiting belief when it comes to money, and they rather rely on men to take care of their finances. 49% uh, of women feared of ending broke or homeless or become a bad lady. These are all concerns that a women we have. 62% of women express more interest in learning about finances. But the thing is that the way the financial industry has created uh, the information is so technical 
or is not geared toward women, right? It's more geared towards men. And uh, that creates confusion and also is not speaking to women. Let, let's, let's be honest, you know, like a lot of the information out there is just plain and simple. It doesn't speak to women because we have other other uh, concerns when it comes to the finances. It's not just about, yes, wealth is super important, but there are other things that they want to take in consideration. One of them is probably our health, right? Um, uh, health insurance or our health. That's, that might be one of, one of the things. Or also, we would like to, um, let me see what other, we would like to talk about more like experience and knowledge and come on a way of more an educational way instead of just like a direct technical way about investing. We want to learn. We want to become more informed. And then not only that, but we want to be, uh, to learn how we can be more engaged in helping others as well because we're gatherers, right? We we want to be involved in the community and uh, we want to um, basically learn how we can serve others when it comes to our money. So again, a lot of times uh, women, they even though they're interested in finances and they might be interested in money, but they're not getting engaged because they're not speaking their language. The The information out there is just plain and simple. It's not speaking women's language. So what else? Uh, 70% of women fire their financial advisor within two years of their husband's death. And why is that? Well, a lot of women, unfortunately, they don't trust the financial advisors uh, because, again, most they're not coming, they're not speaking their language. They're not coming from a standpoint of let me educate you, let me create some awareness of you. They're most likely all they want is, or all they're telling them is, don't worry about it. I'm handling it. Just give me your money and I will take care of it. And women, we're not stupid anymore, and we want to be educated. We want to be respected and looked up to, and uh, and so we want to learn uh, what's going on. And seven, only seven percent of women actually trust a financial advisor due to that. So um, we definitely want to uh, make sure that when we approach as financial advisors, financial coaches. Uh, or CFP, we want to make sure that we are speaking their language and we come from an awareness and an educational standpoint. Uh, but the reality is 62% of women don't have a financial advisor. That's the reality, right? So we need to change that. So just adding a little bit more information about that, this is another statistic Uh Studies show women are becoming more engaged in their finances, yet the industry has not changed to adequately serve them. And again, because they're not speaking the language. And then as a result, the industry falls short in capturing the 11.2 trillion. I think it's, it, that is growing right now. I think it's at 30 million right now in the market of investable assets controlled by women. Uh, there were 163 million females in the United States in 2015 compared to 158 million males. And again, these are a little bit older statistics, 
back in 2015. I think, uh, again, now there are over uh, 13 trillion of investable assets that are in the control of women. And the majority of the reason is because, again, women are outliving men and uh, are living longer. But at the same time, uh, there is a percentage of women that are very concerned because they know that if their husband die, they're probably going to outlive their, their savings. So there's a lot of concerns when it comes to that. Okay, so now I want to share something with you. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? I must confess, when I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Where do I go to record my podcast? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify or iTunes or any other platform? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. I did my research and after experimenting with a lot of platforms, I decided that Anchor was the best one to start my own podcast. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, is 100% free and very easy to use. Not only that, but Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast and you can get paid right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. So if you always wanted to start your own podcast and make money by doing so, go to anchor.fm slash start and join me along with a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Once again, anchor.fm slash start and I'm looking forward to hear your podcast okay so let's talk about stages right now because obviously when you are very young you don't think that you need to start saving or that you need to start investing or putting any money aside because you're young or you want is to go travel or you want to just enjoy your money and, you know, it's too early. But the reality is um, there's no better time to start saving than when you are very young because that means that your money is going to start multiplying a lot faster. If you understand what compounded interest is and the rule of 72, we know that uh, depending if when you divide the interest rate uh, that is compounding in any of your accounts and you divide it by 72, that's the amount of years that your money will double. So if you start saving when you're like 20 or 21 or 25 or, you know, before 30, then obviously your money is going to compound a lot faster. Um, now, so, so again, you want to start saving as soon as possible. You should not uh, delay the time. If I knew the, the what I know right now, I most likely would have um, not um, would have started saving a lot younger, and also I would have not, uh, you know, I would have find better ways where to put my money as well. That my money will multiply a lot faster. But the reality is because of the lack of financial education here in the United States and also in Canada, right? But here in the United States, only five states has a, fin a money class in school, and it's just very basic. But because of the lack of knowledge on that, uh, we we are not uh, 
putting the the money where it's supposed to be. And even the millennials these days, um, they are not saving enough. Now, if you're an adult and now you are doing the time that you're working, then this is the perfect time to start separating money. Um, if you if you if you feel that there's not enough money for you to put aside, then there are two things that needs to happen. One, which obviously is not the one that I would recommend, one would be you have to start living um, below your means, right, in order for you to be able to put more money aside. And the second one, which is the one that I totally recommend, is you have to find ways to make more money, and um, and it's possible. A lot of women these days, they they start a side hustle, they start uh, their own businesses. Now there's a lot of opportunities to start your own business online. And, you know, that's one of the things that I help women to do. I help them to start their own businesses online uh, in one of our platforms. And, um, and then third, uh, the third one that I'm going to be talking about, and I'm probably going to be expanding a little bit more in this stage, which is the stage that when you are over 50 and above, and why? Because I get a lot of my clients that are over 50 that they feel that it's too late for them or even 70. But like at least in your 50s, they feel that it is too late, that they are not going to be able to achieve financial independence. And I actually think that you can and I will show you a few ways that you can actually achieve that. So stay tuned. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay, so what can we do in order to be able to achieve financial independence if you are in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s, in your 60s, in your 70s? The process is pretty much the same. But obviously, again, if you are in your 50s, you can still achieve financial independence and I'm going to offer you a few suggestions. So obviously, we know that after a certain age, um, we are tired of working. We already has raised our children after 50. And also we, we tend to start like slowing down when it comes to work. We might um, want to go to like a smaller firm or we might want to um, slow down when it comes to the workforce. And um, obviously I don't recommend that. Uh, if, if you have not uh, separated enough money for your retirement, then I suggest that just to, you know, stuck a little bit longer on whatever you're doing, but at the same time, do the following steps. And the first one is, you know, obviously we need to go back to basis. When it comes to financial fitness, uh, we have, we cannot just, um, you know, like start with, uh, 50 pounds or 100 pounds uh, on the exercise, we actually have to start with very little. But the first thing that I suggest is to get real with your finances. You have to go down back to basis and uh, you have to pencil out what is it that you're doing right now in order to put money aside. When you have a solid understanding on where you are, you will be able to rope um, or um, draw a map, a roadmap to get you to where you want to be. So one of the things that you want to make sure is that you, one of the questions is, you know, if your job offering you a retirement plan, uh, 
And if it is, then I would suggest that you put some money there at least where the company match it out. If your company, for example, match uh, dollar for dollar, maybe 6%, then I will put at least that 6% because it's free money. And, the, and again, it's compounding, right? Uh, obviously, you have to, um, the reason I don't suggest to put a little bit more on this type of accounts is because of the management fees and because of the taxes. Uh, because if you put a lot more money on, on this type of accounts, then you have to understand that when you need it the most, which is when you're retiring, then you have to pay all these management fees and then you have to pay uh, all the taxes. And that basically is the two things that will eat your wealth and you don't want that. But if you put the money at least to up to where the company matches it, then obviously it's free money. Why not take it? If you have an all 401k or an all account, maybe you had a previous employer and now nobody's managing that account or you forgot about it, I would suggest that you find ways to transfer that money in, in places that it can prepare you to income. For example, annuities might be a good way that you can look at, obviously, as, um, you know, like uh, you can ask somebody in my team, obviously, you can contact me and I can uh, put you in contact with somebody in my team for you to be able to learn about options. If you have a f an old 401k or an IRA or an account that you're not doing anything, you're not managing, you're not even looking at it, then it will be good to see how is that account performing because a lot of times, we just let it there, like sit there without thinking that, you know, how is this account doing? And maybe, you know, we can find a way that if it's not performing, we can find ways to transfer it to an account that will perform a lot better and give you a better rate of return. And I'm going to go back again to the rule of 72. You know, the higher the interest that is compounding, the faster your money will double. The next thing, uh, I'm sorry, the next thing that you want to do is um, pay yourself first. So every time that you get paid, then you have to pay yourself first and put that money aside. And if you can put that money automatically go into an account that is giving you uh, a good percentage of good interest without you having to see that money, even better because that way, you don't, you're not going to miss that money, right? But if you can control yourself and know uh, you have good control on how you spend your money, then I would suggest, again, that you put that money in an account that has a good percentage of return investment. Uh, there are accounts out there. Again, you can ask um, a financial advisor. You can ask somebody in my team that can help you with that. And uh, you can put it in an account that is giving you a good uh, interest uh, rate that can also multiply. And then obviously that also is going to advance you there. Now, if you have kids and your kids are going to college, but you don't have any retirement funds, then again, it's about taking care of yourself first. I know that you love your kids. I know that, um, that you want the best for them. But you have to think about yourself. 
as women. And your kids will be able to go to college. It's just that, you know, they if you did not create a college fund for them and you did not create it also a retirement fund for them, for yourself, you have to give that retirement fund a first priority. And uh, the reason I say that is because your kids, again, even if at least they can get a student loan, for example, at least they can get something that will allow them to go through college and then later on they can pay it. Obviously, it's not the ideal, but at least they have options and they're still very young. In your case, you don't have time. Time is not on your side. So you want to make sure that you put the money in your retirement funds first before you put it in a college fund for your kid. The other thing is, Obviously, if women live longer, we need to find ways to have uh, to plan for either chronic illnesses or critical illnesses and long-term care. And there are plenty, plenty of insurance out there, uh, especially uh, uh, insurance that are tax exempt. That because again, you know, taxes are the ones that eat your wealth right away. Um, that are free of management fees that also offer long-term care. And actually, I'm going to retract that. There's only one company that I know that actually offer that. And if you want to learn more about that, again, all you have to do is contact me and I put you in front of one of uh, other members of my team and they will be able to answer those questions on where they can find tax-exempt investments that grow your money at a great rate of return, but at the same time offer long-term care insurance in case at some point uh, you need somebody to take care of you. And uh, actually one of the best businesses or the biggest business, grown businesses that is going growing at an exorbitant rate, aside from, uh, you know, like talking about money and helping uh, you know, people with money is the healthcare industry when it comes to home care. It's super expensive. It, you know, home care in California, for example, obviously every state is different, but on average is between five thousand to twelve thousand dollars the home care. So when you have, uh, but if you have paid for long term care insurance, then those, um, you know, the cost of home care is going to decrease quite drastically because you have taken care of that for yourself. So again, I think that is very important and there are products out there that offer that. But there's one that I know that offer it uh, at its tax-exempt option as well. So make sure to communicate in order to learn more about that. The next thing that I want to talk about is the fact that, uh, and again, this is very dear to my heart because this is what I do with my brand, uh, the Financially Fit Women, is that I want to empower you to take care of your finances and I want to empower you to talk about money. Again, you know, as women, we tend to be able to talk about sex and about dating and relationships with no problem with our friends, our girlfriends. But when it comes to money, we consider it taboo. But I want to challenge you to talk to your friends about money. 
and uh, where they're putting the investment, what are they doing, how are their savings for the future. Instead of just say, hey, you know, let's go shopping, let's go on a spending spree, let's talk about, you know, what's going on. Like, like, are we taking care of ourselves? And uh, and then for the younger generation, uh, don't expect. Obviously, if it happens, it's amazing, but do not expect for Prince Charming to come and that the guy that you're marrying or that you will be married to is going to be a millionaire and multimillionaire and you're going to be set for the rest of your life because that not necessarily is going to happen. You know, it's very possible that the man that you end up dating and that you fall in love with might not be a millionaire, might be an amazing man, but not necessarily might be a multimillionaire and millionaire. So as a young person... My suggestion is to start saving right now and take care of that. And if you're already married, if you're already in a relationship, make sure that you don't that you don't hide behind the shadows of your husband and you lose your identity. I want you to be able to talk to your husband about this. And yes, it might create a few fights at the beginning. Obviously, my suggestion, if you need a mediator, that's what I'm here for, to help you with that, because I know that how uncomfortable it is to talk about finances with, you know, our spouses or um, or with other people in general, because again, talking about money is, uh, is not the most comfortable subject, but when you have a financial coach like me, then you will be able to uh, talk a little bit more openly and keep you guys accountable when it comes to the finances. So make sure that you understand that, first of all, you want to start young, right? Even if you don't have a husband at the moment, and even if you get lucky enough to, or, you know, like, I don't know, like smart enough, I don't know how to say it, but that you find somebody that is amazing and at the same time has a has enough uh, plenty of money, then you will be able to, uh, you know, you will be able to be a little bit more set. But don't rely on that. You know, make sure that you start saving from the beginning. And then the second part, again, is that if you are married already, make sure that you guys come down to Jesus when it comes to finances come and become real when it comes to that and talk about it. And see, hey, how are we, how are we going to resolve the situation? How are we going to um, make better decisions when it comes to money? And a lot of times, unfortunately, you need a third party in order to be able to do that, because uh, because again, it's a very touchy subject, and I'm sure that your husband or your wife might have different point of views when it comes to money, when it comes to the way to manage it, when it comes to the way they grew up, the way they were raised. So that can create conflict in the household. But a major a major conflict would be if you guys never talk about it. Because the one of probably number one reason for divorce here in the United States is because of money. Okay, so we have uh, talked about putting, if you, already, if you have a job right now, 
and the, your company is offering you a retirement plan within your company, make sure that you at least put what the company match. The second thing that we mentioned is that if you have an all retirement account that, you know, like that from another job, or you have a qualified account like an IRA and nobody is taking care of that, make sure that somebody take a second look on that. Then the third one is to make sure that uh, you're not expecting uh well, take care of yourself first, right? Pay yourself first and uh, make sure that you put as much money as possible uh, separated. And then, um, again, due to the age discrimination and due to the age gap, I think that's probably going to be the next one, is um, you want to make sure that you find a good job uh, or, you know, like a, a, a good career if you don't already have it do not minimize your accomplishment, do not minimize your capabilities, and make sure that you understand that you are as capable and as good as any other man in the same field and that you deserve to be paid what they offer. But unfortunately, again, you know, they are there's still the gender gap and there's still the age discrimination gap as well. So if you find a full-time job that is not giving you, or if you are in a full-time job that is not giving you what you feel that you deserve, first of all, ask for a raise uh, and then show them why you deserve that raise. Uh, second of all, if you feel that your traits and your capabilities are not being 100% utilized in the workplace where you are right now, then find other jobs and like a lot of my clients has done, they actually has considered freelancing or contracting work or setting a side hustle like an online business. And I have been able to help them with that as well. So there are a lot of ways that even if you are over 50, you can achieve financial fitness um, before retirement. I actually have a lot of women and I know uh, some of my clients that are over 50s and they are they have been able to be very successful in their online businesses and they are on their way to that financial independence. So for now, if you guys have any other questions, please make sure to contact me. You can go to sarahchevier.com and go into my calendar on the work with me. And uh, we can actually set up a time for us to talk. And like I said, if you have questions about any of your investments, we can uh, put you in contact with uh, one of the people in my team. So they can actually speak to you a little bit more when it comes to that. But again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are uh, You are listening to Mastering Money Matters. And I am looking forward to hear your feedback on the information that I have provided for you. So till the next episode, you guys have a great day. Take care, Serenation. Bye-bye.